to start off with a story. I don't know if you guys remember last week, but uh, I played college baseball. And um, one thing that's kind of different about college baseball is that just a few weeks before your season starts, you're actually at home on Christmas break. So I got to stay in shape while I'm at home. And sometimes this is hard, you know, you get kind of lazy and you get out of shape. And um, I had a teammate uh, from high school play catch with me and I felt something wrong in my arm. And if any of you guys have played sports before, you know when you're injured, like something's wrong. And I knew something was wrong. And I tried to get healthy and I tried to just play catch through it. And I knew something was wrong. And, and the problem with that is I was a pitcher and I was on scholarship. So if, if I couldn't get healthy, they were going to cut my scholarship. And I wasn't going to have anywhere to play and I wasn't going to get my degree. So... I hid myself, so I didn't tell anybody about this except for maybe family, nobody that could really help me. And I went back on campus, and one thing about the NCAA is um, they, they have like these things called uh, optional practices, but everybody knows these optional practices are actually like get to practice if you want to play this year. But I couldn't go, because if I would have went to these practices, everybody would have been like, something's wrong with Luke, because it was obvious something was wrong. And what I did was I got keys to our indoor facility and I tried to rehab myself. So I'd, I'd go into the facility at night in the dark and I'd get a bucket of baseballs and I'd play catch with a net. And I tried to rehab myself on my own. And it sounds really good, but here's the thing, it didn't get any better. It, it just kept getting worse. And we were a few weeks away from the season and I was like, I got to try something different. So I went up to my trainer and I'd never been to my trainer before and I said, Hey, man, can I talk to you real quick? I'm going to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone else. I'm hurt. And he was like, okay. And he started meeting me, and he gave me a plan, and he started to rehab me back to health, and I ended up playing that season, and everything worked out. So, so I got hurt, and I isolated myself. And see, I tried to get better on my own, and it didn't work. And I share that this morning because a lot of us, we've come in here and we're sporting an injury. And we don't need a diagnosis. We know what it is. It's called sin. And we think that we can handle it on our own because, well, it, it's not that big of a deal or um, I can just keep confessing to God and it'll get better. But here's the reality. If you guys want to receive traction and your transformation becoming more like Christ. you got to open up and get real with the things that you're struggling with. See, when you play baseball or you play sports, injuries, they're just, they're part of it. They're part of the game. They're going to happen. See, it's not a matter of if, it's when you're going to get hurt in baseball. And it's the same thing in this thing called life. It's not a matter of if, but when, whenever we, we sin. And and sin, it's part of the game called life. And how we respond to our sin will determine our success. And here's what I had to confess. I had to confess my injury to someone that could help. See, my family, they didn't know how to help me with my injury. But the trainer did. He was someone that I trusted. He knew how to nurse me back to health. See, and that's why we're coming in this place. And I'm so encouraged to see you guys for week three. Because you're coming here and you're saying, man, I can't do this alone. 
And it's the same thing in baseball. You, you can't get healthy alone. So guys, this morning I want to show you that without confessing our sins to one another and praying with each other and having a plan to battle our sin, we'll never reach our potential in Christ. Um, we're going to be in James 5. So if you guys brought a Bible, go ahead and open up your Bible to James 5, 16. And while you're turning there, uh, let me give you a little bit of background. James is Jesus' half-brother. And I love the book of James. If you haven't read it before, it's, it's really direct. It's the most direct Bible, or the most direct book in the Bible. And he's just a really simple guy, and he tells you how it is. And, and we're going to be in James 5, 16, and he's trying to tell us something here that it's not that hard of a concept, but for whatever reason, and for some bad reasons, we don't follow this. So James 5, 16, this is what it says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I remember the first time I, I read this verse, um, the part that st stood out to me isn't what I'm going to spend a lot of our time on, but that part about being the effective prayer of a, of a righteous man. I looked around, I was like, man, I don't have anybody in my life <laughs> that I would call righteous. So I, so I started to look around, I was like, who are some guys that I can get around that are going to be able to pray for me? And and what James is saying when we confess, he's saying, I want to get better. Just like whenever I said that I need help from my trainer, I was like, man, this isn't working. I want to get better. So you guys have a handout there. And the first blank is why we need to confess sin. And this is the answer, because confession plus prayer equals healing. And, and here's what I've been convinced of, just being around the church for the last three years. A lot of people come in here, and they're great people, and they've been forgiven by God. And, and they confess their sins to God. 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So they confess their sins to God, but they've never been healed because they've isolated themselves and their sin from people around them, and they're walking around unhealed. See, you've been forgiven by God vertically, but horizontally, you guys, we're getting nowhere because we aren't being real with the people around us. And, and it's uncomfortable. I know it's not easy to confess sin. I'm not going to act like it's easy, but if we want to walk out what this book says, this is part of being a Christ follower. And it's funny because as, as a society, we'd rather pay $150 an hour to someone because they have a license from the state that says they'll promise not to tell someone your issues. But here's the reality. Look around in here because these people are dealing with probably the same thing that you are. And I share that this morning, guys, because it's something that we all desperately need. We need each other if we want to grow to know Christ more and we want to be healed. So Proverbs 28, 13, it's one of, one of the best verses for this. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So, that, so one of our core values is live authentically. Live authentically. 
See, a lot of us guys, we show up to church or we, we come in here and we're wearing a mask. And, and what I mean by this, the other day I walked into uh, my apartment and I didn't have my glasses on. And if I don't have my glasses, I can't see anything. And I walked into the bathroom I looked at my wife and I was like, I got like really close. I was like, what, what is that on your face? She's like, I'm wearing a mask. And I was like, oh, okay. And I know why she wears her mask. Like she wants to take care of her skin and, and age well. Um, but here's the reality. I'm in love with what's under that mask. And that's a picture of God looking at us this morning or looking at his church and he's like, why are you wearing that mask? I love what's underneath the mask, too. See, but it can be really hard because maybe, maybe you've taken off your mask before. And people were like, uh, we can't handle that. Or, or maybe you've taken off your mask before and um, you got made fun of. So vulnerability, guys, it can be hard. I know. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Brene Brown. She has a Netflix special. Everybody loves her right now. She's really well known. But about five years ago, she got really famous because she had the most watched TED Talk on, on, on YouTube. And what she found was, was counterintuitive to what the world tells you. So this is a secular uh, source. And what she shared was the people that are the most liked, the people that are most enjoyable to be around, are the ones that aren't impressive. They're actually the ones that are the most vulnerable. And look at this quote she has here. It says, Staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. This is a secular author just confirming with what the Bible says. And what she is exposing with this is we long for vulnerability. See, vulnerability, it's the bond of humanity. You know who comes in here this morning and actually connects with people? It's not the guy who has it all together. It's the one who shows up and he's, he knows he's broken. And he knows he needs this as much as anyone else. That's the guy who comes in here and he experiences connection. And see, this is something maybe you've heard before, but it fits so well. People will be impressed with what you know, but they're going to connect with you because of your weaknesses. And I love what Chad shared a couple weeks ago on a Tuesday night. He said, um, because you cannot be fully loved unless you're fully known. Another way of putting this is to be partially known and loved, that's superficial. That's not real love. But to be fully known, okay, and fully loved, that right there, that's what Christ desires for all of us in community. Don't you see, guys, we're missing out on the gift of being known by other people. To be fully known and fully loved, that's what Christ desires in your life. And see, the irony of this is we all long for vulnerability. We all come in here, but nobody wants to take off their mask. And, and vulnerability is the bond that's going to bring us together. And, and as I look around at you guys, man, 
like, I'm impressed, for real. Like, you guys look good. You guys were early. This is probably our earliest week, and I'm impressed by you guys. But the real test is going to be who's going to take off their mask first. Who's going to go first and take off their mask? Do you guys know that we're the most medicated people in history? Why? So for debate, debate, but I would say it's because we're looking for something that'll be able to numb us to the reality that we need real connection. We need real connection with other people. And guys, this is important to, to grasp because as a young believer, I would always get this confused, but I had to realize that guilt and shame, those are not God's tools, okay? But confession and repentance, those are God's tools, as well as conviction. And if you want to be an authentic biblical community, guys, that'll lead to your growth in Christ, that traction in your transformation that we're talking about, you're going to have to get real with the injuries that you're sporting and the struggles so you can get help from other people around you. And some people, they come to community and they're like, I don't, I don't really have any sin to confess. And I, I want to address this real quick. If you show up to community and you would say, like, I don't have any sin to confess, just like injuries are part of playing baseball, sin is part of playing the game of life. And just like the best athletes aren't immune to getting injured, the best Christians aren't immune to sin. You could have the entire Bible memorized. And if you don't think you're next, you're wrong. Because here's the thing. Sin, it's real. And whenever we numb ourselves to that reality, we're just next. See, they, they, did a, they did a study on pastors. And they found a couple things about them that was in common. Pastors that fell into sin. Sin that takes them out of their job. And, and the two biggest things, number one is, they thought, they never thought that they would be that guy. They never thought. And the second thing is, they didn't have an abiding relationship daily with Jesus Christ. And I don't have a whole lot of time to unpack this, but if you've ever read Isaiah 6, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, but it's Isaiah, and he comes into the Lord's presence and he sees who he is in light of God. In Isaiah 6, verse 5, look what he says here. He says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, in Isaiah, he was considered a holy man. Like, he was considered like, this guy's one of the best. He would be like that guy that knows all the Bible verses and he looks like he's got it all together. But see, whenever he came into the presence of God, he realized his own sin. And it's the same thing for all of us in here. The closer we are to Jesus, the more we realize we need him. And I used to think that sanctification was about Luke growing in Christ and Luke learning all these things, but what I've started to figure out is that really sanctification is me realizing I need Christ more. 
It isn't about me. And the more we start to realize that, the more we're not going to show up to community group like, yeah, it was a good week. I don't, I don't really have anything to, to share. And in that message that Chad preached a couple weeks ago, it was called The Secret to Life. And, and what he shared was the best way to have no secrets is to have no secrets. See, the best way to have no secrets is for someone to give you an opportunity to share your secrets. So this is how this is going to play out in community. This is your second point. How will this look in community? See, last week we shared with you, you're going to show up to community group and you're going to be asked this question, how are you feeding your spirit? Well, this is the next question that you'll be asked. How are you failing to crucify your flesh this week? And, and this question, it comes from Galatians 2.20, where it says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It says, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And this is a daily thing, okay? <clears throat> you don't wake up. It's not a one-time thing that you crucify your flesh, okay? It's daily. All of us wake up, and we're bent in some way towards a sin, and in Luke 9, 23, it says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. Every day, we have to crucify our flesh. There's something each of us in here daily we have to die to. So each week you come together, this will be your opportunity to confess sin and sin, guys, it can be broken down pretty broadly into two categories. And, this, and there's two categories. There's the sin you're born with, and then there's the sin you act on. Okay, there's the sin you're born with, and the sin you act on. And what I mean by this is the sin that I was born with, it's called an iniquity. I was just a nervous kid, ever since I can remember. I mean, I was like seven years old packing up the car two hours before the game because I was nervous I was going to be late. That's not normal, right? But whenever I feed that, whenever I feed that nervousness, it turns into anxiety. And now that's sin that I'm acting on, right? And now, now not only am I have anxiety for myself, it affects everyone around me. The way I talk to my wife is going to be different when I'm struggling with anxiety. So I have to die to this every day. It's not a one-time deal. So if, if we were in community, let's say that you, you and me were in community, this is something that you need to know about me. You need to know that, man, Luke struggles with being nervous, and it can lead to anxiety. And if you don't know that about me, then we can't walk out community. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So I'm going to ask this question, and you don't have to write down the answer, but I want you to think about it. If the enemy was going to take you out, how would he do it? Whatever that answer is, your community does need to know. See, the enemy, guys, like I mentioned, he, he's looking for his next meal. And if we truly believed that, 
we do whatever it takes to walk this out in community. That at even the desire to sin, I would run and I'd confess that to my community. So what this looks like, I had a busy week a couple weeks ago. And I know if Luke gets busy, the chances are he can get anxious. So the guy I'm in community with, I, I called him. I said, hey, man, I got a busy week. Could you shoot me a text on Wednesday or give me a call and just be like, hey, how you doing? Like, fill me in. How, how's your week going? So that's what that looks like for me. And because I know that I can get so easily wrapped up into whatever I'm doing and allow that to, to control me. So don't wait for your sin to happen before you confess your weakness, okay? Don't wait for your sin to happen before you confess your weakness. And here's what I mean by that. We got a young adult in our ministry, and he was traveling up in Pittsburgh. And while he was up there, he had a, a lady come up to him, and she liked what she saw. And she, she invited him up to her room. And his, his reaction was to call his community. And he said, hey, pray. Pray right now because I'm being tempted. And the old man wants to go up there to that room. So we wouldn't confess after the sin, but we confess even the temptation. This is our desire, guys, that we would not only confess sin, but even the desire. And here's how we want to respond as a community group. If somebody calls you or somebody confesses a sin, stop whatever you're doing and we pray. Because this verse is really clear on it. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So anytime sin is confessed, there's two more things that need to happen, okay? We need to admonish faithfully and counsel biblically. Point number three is how do we respond to this? So it's been a little hot in here this morning, so we're going to shift gears real quick. Um, and I'm just going to act this out. And you guys will be my community group right here. And I'm showing up to community group. And I got my trash, right? This is my sin that I got to confess this week. You guys are my community, and I'm probably going to roll up something like this, kind of. What's up, guys? It's week one. What's your name again? Keith. Nice to meet you, bro. Cool. Why are you looking at me weird for you? Act like you don't got trash. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough week. So, there it is. There's my, there's my trash for the week. You going to pray for me? Or? <laughs> Man, I like this community group. And I love it. Man, it's going good. And, and the week goes by and um, everything's good, right? I did what I was supposed to, showed up, I confessed my sin, and we prayed, and it was all good, right? Got a little bit bigger bag this time, all right? So I'm rolling up. What's up, Keith? Keith's my boy. Throw this down. Here it is, man. You going to pray for me? All right, let's pray. Who's got the meal next week? You bringing it? All right, I'll see you guys next week. See, here, here's the problem with what just happened. I just walked it out, right? I showed up. I confessed my sin. They prayed for me. Why didn't anybody tell me to take out the trash? See, if we want to walk out what the Bible says, we also need to admonish faithfully 
and to counsel biblically. Feel free to move that trash. That's real trash, by the way. Um, see, something's off with that, right? Like I'm just showing up, throwing my sin out there, and then I leave, right? We're praying. We're doing what the Bible says. See, but you know what's part of confession? It's repentance. We wouldn't just show up, throw out our trash, in this case, really just leave without a heart of repentance, just like, all right, see you guys next week. As a group, guys, we wouldn't be okay with somebody just showing up and throwing their trash on the table and saying, all right, Keith, pray for me, man, appreciate you. But that you would respond by admonishing faithfully, and you'd counsel me from the Word of God, counsel biblically. So that's why our core value is to admonish faithfully. And this word, admonish, if you didn't grow up in the church or maybe you don't even know what it is, admonish simply means to warn, to tell what's to come. And it sounds like, just admonish faithfully would sound something like, hey man, if, if you keep pursuing that, I want to tell you what's to come. If you keep running that lane, if you keep showing up and throwing your trash on the table, you're going to have a mess. And you're going to end up on that show Hoarders. And it's going to be weird. And I don't want to see you on that show, man. But in all seriousness, we would take it serious enough to warn our brother or sister in Christ as to what's to come. And see, authentic people, they, they bring the truth. And they go after the truth. And they, they lay down the truth, even if it means that you don't like them. See, but also, we want to warn with the Bible that I wouldn't just warn you with my ideas. And that's why the next one is to counsel biblically. And these two ideas, they're, they're kind of hard to separate, right? Admonishing faithfully and counseling biblically. Very rarely will I just admonish someone without including that on top of it, right? So a lot of the times, I'm just going to counsel, and as I'm counseling biblically, it also warns them. So I want to give you an example of what this would sound like. So one of the most common things that's confessed in community is sexual immorality. So let, let's walk this out. After I pray with them, or maybe I would counsel them and admonish them first, but at some point I need to pray for them. And then I would say, you know, man, I really appreciate you, you taking off your mask and being real with me this morning. But I just want to show you a piece of scripture that helped me with this. Because you're not alone. Actually, everybody who's in this community group at some point has probably struggled with this. So why don't we all open up our Bible to Proverbs 6, verse 30 through 32. And everybody in our community group, we'd open up our Bible to Proverbs 6. Because I want to I warn you, man, what God's word says. And if I believe that all scripture is God-breathed. And, and look what it says here in Proverbs 6, 30 and thir through 32. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry. But if he's caught, he'll pay sevenfold. He'll give all the goods of his house. Okay. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. 
See, what I did right there, I just counseled him biblically. I opened up the Word of God, and literally the Word of God is warning us what's to come. It literally says that we're destroying ourselves. And man, I know I'm talking to you right now, but as I'm counseling you and admonishing you, I'm almost reminding myself. It's a sober reminder to flee from sexual immorality. Do whatever it takes to run in the other direction. And, and me, the one who received this confession, it wouldn't even stop there, okay? Just like I, I threw down the trash and Keith looked at me like, what are you doing? He would give me a plan. He would say, hey man, you know there's a trash can outside these doors. Why don't next time you just take out the trash? In the same way, I would counsel, admonish, but I'd also give a plan. And I'd say, hey man, maybe next week you don't go to that place. Or if you have to go to that place, instead of being on your phone, why don't you just pray? And make that a place where you pray. And every time that you pray in that place, I want you to text us in the group me. So now I'm giving him a plan. In the same way, my trainer, he didn't just say, just tell me something like, hey man, I'm really sorry about your arm. And let me just pray for you. No, that's not what he did at all. No, he said, all right, I appreciate you coming to me, sharing this. This is what we're going to do. X, Y, and Z. We're going to meet here tomorrow at this time. We're going to do these stretches. You're going to rub this ointment thing. Um, and now it's that person's job to respond. If Keith would have told me that, now it's my job to walk that out. So this morning, guys, we've talked a lot about steps to being authentic and what it looks like to confess and to walk this out. But I want to invite someone up on stage um, and this guy, he, he's not on staff at a church, um, but he's someone that's found freedom in walking this out and walking out biblical community. He's a familiar face. It's Michael Pigman. Why don't you guys give it up for him? And uh, just to, you guys remember me sharing that I looked around and I was like, man, I don't have any righteous people in my life. Well, Michael's one of those guys that I was like, man, if I can get around Mike and Mike can start to pray for me, maybe I'd start to get some traction. So Mike's a guy that I really um, just look up to. And he's walked out community with the same community group for about two years. Um, so Mike, I want to give him a chance just to answer a few questions, um, add another voice up here. Uh, but Mike, what's a couple things that you would share with someone who's maybe hesitating to get into community this morning? Yeah, I know for me, um, like, like you said, I was in Group Connect about a year and a half ago, a little over, and I really knew, I think, like two people in like the whole process. Um, I think there was like 100, over 100 people in Group Connect, and I knew two people. And so, you know, a big hesitation for me was, man, I don't know anybody like I don't know if I want to be authentic with people and really share my struggles because, like you said, we're all struggling in some areas. And um, that was just like a really big thing that really held me back for a long time of getting in community and um, wanting to live authentically because I didn't want to be honest with everybody because I was struggling. And, um, man, like, it's, it's, it's really been one of the biggest catalysts that God's used, community, that is, 
um, to help shape me and refine me into the man that God's ultimately called me to be. And, you know, don't let the uncomfortableness of not knowing anybody hold you back from ultimately um, committing to a group and committing to a group of men or women that can walk alongside you and really admonish faithfully, pray for you, celebrate with you. Um, you know, I know a lot of this stuff that we talked about today, you know, confessing sin, a lot of that stuff is kind of heavy, but it's also a great opportunity to walk with people and have them celebrate um, all the good things that God is blessing you with. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that, you know, kind of stopped me from joining one was just not knowing anybody. And I was like, man, I don't want to join a group with a bunch of goobers and like be authentic with people and tell them my struggles because like, what if they don't accept me? Um, but I will say that, you know, when you do and you realize that everybody in the group is struggling with probably the same thing you are, um, it's really this freeing um, feeling and this weight off your shoulders. And it's just incredible to see the way God uses all those people to help refine you and ultimately, you know, call you to more and call you to the person that he's made you to be. So, yeah. So Mike was a guy who grew up in this church and Mike would share with you that like he was probably someone that had a mask on, you know, oh, yeah. coming in here. Um, so this is a guy who, you know, he was here for 25 years until yeah. you took off your mask. Yeah. So it's just cool to see a guy who's living in the freedom that is available to everyone in here in community. But, uh, man, what's, what's one of the biggest barriers in your mind in being, uh, like, authentic in community? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that the biggest thing for me in our group, I mean, there's a couple guys in here that are in my group tonight, and I think the biggest thing is just, like, the differences in personality. Um, you know, we get into a group, and like I said, I didn't know anybody. And so, um, you know, we come in from all walks of life. Um, I was really into sports, still am. Like, there's there's guys that are just into music and film and just like completely different things that I, than I am, and it's not a bad thing, um, but it is cool to see how God uses people from all walks of life um, to really speak into you in ways that people that are just like you that you would normally hang out with can speak into you in a different way and bring their point of view and stuff that they've gone through and stuff that God's taught them. Um, and so, yeah, just the differences in personality. Like I said in, in that first point, just like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to get in a group with a bunch of people that I don't even know. Um, but it is cool just to see, like, us uniting around um, the one thing that really brought us all here today, and that's Christ and um, his love for us. And ultimately, because of that love and accepting that love, we can love one another in a way that's really fulfilling, and it brings a lot of purpose to life. And so, um, yeah, I would say the differences in personality is the biggest one. But really, when we all start to take our masks off, um, we see that we're all struggling with different things. And usually it's the same things. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to unite around that one common goal. And that's to just walk and um, continue to strive to be more like Christ every day. So. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first community group that I got into, I looked around and I was like, I ain't got nothing in common with these guys. But as I slowly started to like walk this out, I was like, these guys aren't so bad. And uh, 
Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, um, you'll, you'll keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast on you. And what I soon found out was that I didn't need to play sports with these guys, but the bond that Christ provides in this room is far greater than going to a Chiefs game. Because the people that you're sitting with or the people that you're going to be in community with, they're going to know more about you than some guy that you hang out with at a tailgate. Uh, next question would be, Man, you're, you're like a leader, in my opinion. You help lead Roundabout on Tuesday nights. You've been leading this community group. To the people out there that are considering leading a community group, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I was just talking to a guy last week about that. And um, first, I would say that it's just an incredible opportunity um, to really live out, honestly, the purpose that and the calling that God's called us all to, and that's Matthew 28, 19, to make disciples and um, so first, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's just a great opportunity. Um, but really, it, it's, it helps you start walking in that calling um, to make disciples. And um, it helps you understand how to have converse, critical conversations. It, it starts to allow you to um, grow in admonishing people and counseling people biblically. And really, um, you know, just pursuing people in the way that God's called you to. Um, and it, it, like, like I said, it is, it is a weight, um, like a weighty thing. Like we should take that seriously to lead a group, um, because we are going to be judged in how we shepherd that group. Um, but it's also just an incredible opportunity and like truly fulfilling. And it brings me personally, like so much joy just to like walk with guys and, um, you know, walk with them and celebrate with them and pray with them and really just do life with them. <clears throat> And so, yeah, I would say that um, the biggest thing from leading a group is just um, really living out that purpose and discipling people and counseling people. So, yeah. And I, I led a community group for about a year. And if there's one thing I walked away with, it was how to lead. And now that I'm in marriage, um, it's given me a lot of practical ways to not only lead my wife, but also just be a good leader in general. So if you want some really free equipping on how to be a better leader, um, then leading a community group is a good way to do that. Um, man, could you share a story of whenever community um, came alongside you and just helped you through maybe a, a tough time where you really leaned on them? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, you know, until I got into community, um, you know, some of those sins you just don't even realize you struggle with so much. And I know one thing that really became evident when I started leading a group and being in a group with people is just how much pride and selfishness I had. And when you're around people that you are called to um, pursue and admonish and um, really just do life with, you can, it really starts to become evident how selfish you are and how self-centered you are and um, just the pride that comes from that. And so for me, that was probably the biggest thing that really became evident as I was walking with guys is just how prideful I am and how much I look to, like, what, what can I get out of this situation? And, man, that's, when, you're, when you're going into situations like that, um, you know, you can't, you can't fully understand, like, hey, how can I love this person well when you're viewing it in a way of what you can get out of it, what can you gain out of it? And so, you know, a practical way that, you know, we walk out, you know, not being self-centered and um, prideful and just looking um, 
out of, out for the outcomes of what I can get from it um, is to just engage missionally. And I know that's one of the core values um, for community groups. And so, you know, we, we take part in, in Unashamed weekends. We, we go out just as a group on Thursday nights sometimes and just hand out packets to homeless people and just tell them about the gospel and love people well. Um, so we're always looking for opportunities like that to um, get outside of ourselves and love people well and um, make sure that we all realize that it's not about us. And for me, that was probably the biggest realization that came from walking with people is just how prideful I am. So that is something that, you know, a couple of those guys in the back, they're always asking me um, questions on like, hey, you know, how are you feeding your flesh this week? What are ways that we can help um, pray for you and stuff like that? So Yeah, it's all good. Anything else that you feel like you would want to share with these guys about community before you step off? Yeah, I mean, I said it the first time, but, you know, just what an opportunity it is to really take that next step in pursuing Christ. And community is probably one of the biggest ways that... Um, you're going to be able to grow the next year and you're going to look back in a year from now when you commit and you're going to realize how much you've grown. And because like you said, it is like good practice if you're leading like for a family, but you know, once you get in a group of people, you are a family and you're walking with them in every aspect of life. And I will just tell you that, you know, there are a lot of hard times, but there are a lot of great times and you're going to look back in a year from now and just be like, wow, I have grown so much. And I just can't believe like how far God's brought me and how much he's taught me through this process. So it is an incredible opportunity. So I just want to encourage you guys, man. Like I know that it seems like a big deal to like, I got to commit a year to these same amount of people, um, these same people that I got to walk with. But um, God's going to use it in a, an incredible way. And he's used it for myself. I know that. And I know Luke too. So um, I just want to encourage you guys to just, um, go into it knowing that God's going to use it um, to help shape you into the person that he's called you to be. Give it up for Michael. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. So, yeah, um, really appreciate Michael coming up here and just sharing that. And I love what he shared about how much happens in a year. And the more leadership you take on, I feel like, the faster you're like running and it's like you're like running through this beautiful trail of growth and you just don't get to look around and enjoy it sometimes but then you get to look back at the last year and say like wow look at what I've gone through and what God has done in this last uh, 12 months so guys in summary uh, just to recap what we talked about this morning uh, why we need to confess sin is because confession plus prayer equals healing. How will this look in community? Every week, we're going to be asked this question, how have you failed to crucify your flesh this week? And then how do we respond to this? We, we admonish faithfully, and we counsel biblically by warning with God's word what is to come and showing them what God's word says about uh, what they're going through. Before we transition into groups, I'm going to invite Hannah up here. I want to share with you guys, one more thing. Uh, you, you remember the, the story I opened with about my arm getting hurt in college. What if I would have never went to the trainer? What if I would have just kept trying to rehab it myself? 
I would have robbed myself the opportunity and the joy that was going to come that season. And I just pray that you guys wouldn't continue to isolate yourself and that you would be real and that you would seek biblical community where you can take off your mask and you can help people grow by admonishing them and counseling them biblically. Let me pray for us and then we'll do announcements. Father, thank you so much for this morning. I pray that you would, uh, you would use it to stir affection for you first and you'd give us a vision for biblical community, God. I pray that we would uh, flee from our sin, that we wouldn't be okay with just living in sin because we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We love you so much. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.